0: Welcome to the podcast, In the CRE Vault, with Mike and Mark. All right, welcome back to In the Vault with Mike and Mark. Uh, we are at the Union Bank Place, and we're, we're coming at you today with a little podcast highlighting retail.
1: How are you today, Mark? You know, I'm doing excellent, Mike. And, and I think our, our last one, I'm trying to think of back to what the last one, oh, we did medical. Medical. And, that, and that, that was a ton of fun, and unfortunately, it was probably more more of a uh, Barbara Walters episode where I had <laughs> I had you on the hot seat and, and a- asking questions, and you answered them. Because I, I got to be honest with you, the medical side for me is a, is an anomaly, and I just I, I don't understand it, and I, I wish I did, but I don't. And so, well, I
0: cried three times.
1: Yeah, and we had a box of tissues. We we, had, we got through it. We had to pause. You were over in the corner in the fetal position and uh, and just crying and sucking your thumb. But I think we made through it. I think it turned out okay for that we did some industrial which was uh, industrial is the, the the it is a hot topic but it is uh it is just as, it's boring as they come as in a conversation. And I think back, Mike, is to our, our podcast, or not our podcast, but our market reports. And and we do, you know, we recap the industrial office and retail, and somebody gets up there and talks four or five minutes about the market, and, and we invite everybody we know, and the city comes and listens. And, and it's always funny that when we do the market report, the first person to speak is always retail. Yeah. And if you look in the crowd, everybody's listening. And everybody just wants to know what's going on with retail, and and sometimes you'll see people taking notes. Yeah. And then that, that 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 person will leave, and then up pops industrial, and it is it is like communion time at church. Everybody starts going out yep. the back door. Nobody where's cares. Your, where's the checks mix, baby? Where, where's the checks mix? It's time to go, and everybody refills their drink, and, and off we go. So um, it's it's funny that our industry, everybody's always interested in what's going on with, with retail. They want to hear the stories about who's going where, and 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 I'm sure you run into that too as a commercial broker when you tell people you're. A, a commercial agent uh, they want to know what's going on the corner they do and- they
0: want to know what's going up you know what's being built uh, throughout a corner you know 70th and pine lake or something and it's always the buzz of you know who's going where who's who's coming who's going who's closing you know what's going to backfill this spot etc and you know, as we alluded to before we try to we try to know that answer before the question comes up you know, I
1: think most of the time we do. It was, is, with a, with all its humor, I was having a surgery. It was an outpatient surgery and uh, they were working on my hand. And, and uh, as I slowly woke up, they, uh, they, they were continuing surgery. They asked me what I did. I told them. They started. Everybody in the room was asking about what's going on over here. What's going on over here? And at about five, six minutes into it, I had to actually ask if they were still doing the surgery because I think they were more interested in what I was doing. So uh, everything wrapped up nicely. But it's that is our that is a favorable part of our industry. So well, then you found out it was the wrong hand. It was, and so we, we had to start. We had to give it a go again. We yeah. to the other side. Two so. casted mark. Anyways, let's just dive on in here and hit the deep end. You know, we the the, the first question that to run. Through is is what what types of buildings and, and uses are are involved in retail, Mike? So there's a there's a number of them. There's you know just as a
0: blanket there's there's small stores, big box stores, you know such as Walmart, Target, Costco, any of those bigger retailers where it's almost a one stop shop type of a thing. You've got malls, you know locally such as South Point, Gateway, and then you've also got you know these smaller. Mom and pop type, retail type of pieces, which I think are great. A location that really comes to mind, just just from the hip, is College View, Forty Eighth and Prescott area. Really quaint, neat, kind of tuck in, maybe a candle shop, things of that nature. Retail can go a lot of different places. Or you know, downtown. There's some pockets which are you know mainly specified for ground floor. Um, We've got threads down here. And then on top of that, we've got... I believe some condos and housing type of things, So that's become a popular model down here is the want for ground floor, office, retail, and then potentially
1: some office and maybe even some residential component on top of it. And I think that's, as we see the transition into, into condos, into a, even the CBD district, uh, which is the central business district. Even as we see that transition uh, there, the, you still have to provide the amenities for, for those, for those people living living down here. So I think that the main floor, main floor, retail is common second floor offices maybe maybe even some second floor retail uh, but then when you have those condo units up top and out and and, and the one thing to always remember is that our, our city planning is is typically good at when they start providing zoning for for these areas whether it be residential or office um, or even a retail use they they've already pre-planned for the amount of the of square footage that's allowed and 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 what kind of if it's a big box and i and I think to the Costco that we have here in town, that is a huge box, and that's a huge amount of circulation going in and out of there. They had pre-planned for that as an area. Um, even thinking Sam's Club out there on um, off of Highway Two, and and they pre-plan those. They typically have an allowable amount of square footage that's buildable on those parcels, and and it's the it's the big uses that come in Walmart, Super Target out there on 40th and and Yankee, and and those are pre-planned. And, uh, with a specific purpose, and and most of the time it's the hard corners and and uh, easy circulation in and out. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, circulation is totally key. Visibility is huge. You want to be findable. You don't want to be tucked back somewhere where you're more of a destination. You want to be able to capture the, the drive-by of, oh, I forgot this, I need to swing into you know, Target, Costco, what have you, um, easy accessibility, visibility is, is huge and parking, you know, parking is King too. A lot of these stores will now have, you know, a huge Bay of, um, the prevalence of online pickup as well, which is new. So that's become quite a great convenience to just shop online and then
1: pick that up the next morning, for example. I I would I would uh, add to the the parking being key. There's a larger developer here in Lincoln, and, and if you bring up the a, an area as a topic, the first question out of his mouth is where we're going to park them. Yep. And and you have to park them, and and it's a mobility issue, and and it needs to be in and out because that is the that is the biggest key on everything. So <laughs> so d- just typical uses that we get calls for. Um, you know, groceries is a large one. Uh, those are mainly your big box. Boxes. Your your WalMarts are going to have a continuation into the clothing line and 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 whatnot, but you know we get just we have just general clothing uses and, and those go in large. Large buildings, those in small buildings. Um, dining, as everybody understands, restaurant bars; those are those are big ones. Um, another big one is the the gas station. The the typical a, a typical keep us busy retail request would be um, would be hair and nails. Mm-hmm. Hair and nails is a big one. They they say that people will not change two things in their life, and that is their doctor and their hairstylist. It's true. So you know maybe a hairstylist is tired of doing the chair rental and they say, I'm ready to go out on my own with a couple other hairstylists. We see that all the time. Oh we yeah. And their client typically follows them. They do. And, and they are, they are so much, uh, destination driven. A lot of times they want to see a little bit of drive by activity, but you know, traffic counts are not huge for them. They do want an easy in and out, but a lot of times they want that zero entry so that per- people can park right up front. Right. And, and we get those and we, we get those requests. Yeah frequently. A hair salon is a difficult fill in the fact that they can even nail salons. They have to have so much plumbing work. So you're typically nowadays with construction costs so high, as you understand, Mike, you're trying to find the perfect fit for them. And a previous hair salon is typically the avenue you go.
0: Mm -hmm. It almost makes sense. in one of those for, you know, you could retrofit a current bay in a retail strip. Sometimes it is more cost effective if it's just not even built out yet, um, and you've got the the dirt floor, so you're not having to, to redo the concrete. But it's yeah. Sometimes it
1: it it masks out to be almost the same. But I saw I saw line items for a nail salon here in town that was finished a couple years ago, and it was nearly one hundred seventy five thousand dollars to it. retrofit that and and add plumbing and add all the fixtures and everything. I mean, it was that's a that's a it's a honker. That's a lot of nails to do. That is a lot of nails to do. There's not enough time. You got you got somebody out there on a soapbox on the corner in a yep. banana outfit, and they're jumping up and down. Yeah, and they're waving around nail polish. We do nails. We, do nails. But we do nails. We should do nails. We should do nails. What are we doing here? You know. So the other the other the, the other hot one um, that that we're dealing with is is vape CBD. Yep a lot of that motion has to do with the the cannabis sales possibly you know a lot of people are leaning on the legalization of of medical they want to get positioned they want to get positioned because once that becomes you know legalized if it ever does once it does become legalized they they want to have their they want to have their situation i personally did a project the tenant leased the space did a 5 year lease they're 3 years into that 5 year lease and they have yet to move in and the, the tenant is actually just paying rent in, in the hopes of, at some point, it becoming legalized. Yeah, that's crazy. They put up the neon signs, and uh, you, you know you're coming upon one because they are they are obviously it's like a beacon in the night sky. It, I, I'm surprised that they don't get airplanes landing in their front yard because it, it it is if you drive by one at night, it's blinding. Yeah, I'd love to be the neighbor. That's very true. That's very true. So so the the key to space is Mike t- talk about what you see. What do people request when they're when when they're looking for rec- for for retail? What what's the major you know what what, what are your clients looking for? I think for me is
0: is typically easy accessibility. And what I mean by that is in in some parts of Lincoln, we have different medians and the way the roadways are situated, you you might be left with a right in, right out. And what I mean by that is, let's say you're coming down O Street or Pine Lake or any road, you know, sometimes the only way to get in and out is you're turning right to go in and you're turning your right to go out. Otherwise you have to kind of meander around the back and kind of and come in. A good example of that complex would be twenty seventh and Yankee Hill, Coles, Aldi, that center out there. There's some right in, right out type of situations there. Now having said that, you know, that could be looked at somewhat of a negative. However, the visibility is great and people are quick to learn here in Lincoln. You know, if you're looking to get to point A or B in that Complex, you know, after a couple times going in, you you realize, okay, well, I got to come in here and then I got to go out by the light, which would be 33rd and and Yankee Hill. So people learn quickly. Um, I don't think that's a deal breaker necessarily. Visibility is huge, you know, parking, as we talked about. If it's a national coming in, you know, like a Freddy's or, you know, a a scooter's, you know, traffic counts, they want that to be high. They want to capture. You know, the drive by people that it's, it's almost an instantaneous decision to go there. They don't want someone to think, I'm going to scooters in two hours and I know it's here. They want to capture that almost impulse, if you will. Monument signs are huge. So if you're in a, in a, let's say a, a center and most of the time, if you're in a center, a larger strip center, you're going to have an anchor, you know, let's, let's pick on 48th and O for example, super savers, the anchor there. And then you, with monument signs, you're going to be able to identify everyone else there. And so, you know, you might have some static plaques, uh, on a monument sign, which highlight the, I guess you'd call them sub anchors, bigger square footage type users. But signage is huge, and you know if you can see your signage from the major roadways, that's an even better deal. So those are those are some of the main
1: keys to the spaces, I think, just in general what I'm seeing. Yeah, and I think some of it's just some requirements. A lot of areas, I think back to being in North Carolina a few years back, and and they were so good at hiding a lot of the uh, high traffic retail. So picture car wash. Mm-hmm. and and you could drive by and they had they had semi walls they had they had a lot of trees and they were hiding uh, that use but there was a little sign there that said car wash and and so you know we're seeing we're just seeing a lot of transition into what is just street side exposure maybe there might be a little bit of hiding at that point mm-hmm. and so you know I think I think the signage is huge um, yeah the right in right out left in left out you know you and I personally represent a Bank and, and we had a conversation with them and typically when you deal with those groups they are very definitive on what they want yep. and they are sharp pencils if you will and and they'll say well where's the D cell lane and they they are able to use that language with the understanding and they know exactly what they're looking for mm-hmm. so yeah. I I think just on the retail side I think it's it's uh, there's there's street side there's you know there's secondary behind so I think there's I think there's a lot to look at yeah and there's
0: there's you know if you've got a national or someone that That's really definitive on what they want. If all the boxes are not checked, then it gets stricken off the
1: site search. The one main, I think one main conversation that, that comes when we're dealing with a a site selection for a client would be, uh, signage. What kind of signage can we put up on the front facade of this building? Is is there, is there size requirements? Do we have to follow? There's two different kinds of sign, you know, neon signs. There's track siding. There's just, what is the requirement? And a lot of times that's driven by the landlord Mm -hmm. drafted in the lease. And, and I I think that's fair. That's, that's one of the major questions is what kind of signage we put on there. Big can it be?
0: You know, they always want to stretch it to as big as it can go. And sometimes that's somewhat dictated by the city as well. True. Just in terms of how big it can be and yep. you know, potentially how many candles, i.e., what's it throwing off if it's if it's near a neighborhood. Yep.
1: Yep. Yep. So I think, you know, and and to 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 talk about retail, I think it's easier to talk about the 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 lifespan of, of retail and retail was pretty heavy just as walk-in traffic that was really common then the internet hit and then amazon hit and i think um mail order you know was it was a big change but i think the biggest change was in the you know 2015 mm-hmm. arena whereas amazon came in you could simply do a quick search on on an app you could find exactly what you're looking for and you get two days shipping yep and i think that affected everybody and and i think you know Right around the 215, the brick and mortar, which would be your average store to walk into, I think brick and mortars kind of slowed down the demand because everybody was transitioning into this Amazon platform. And Target came in and then Walmart Mm -hmm. came in and they they all kind of have their own ways of of doing this. And then even, you know, COVID kind of changed the grocery platform a little bit, right? Right. I mean, You can get them delivered we could get them delivered or you could just do your order online and they deliver it or you could just go run by and pick it up, yep. right? And they load it up. You don't even talk to them. So I think there's been a transition over the past five or six years and and COVID actually sped that up a little bit. But I I think in the past couple of years, you know, post COVID and, and, and you help me out if I'm incorrect, but I think we've seen a little bit of a transition. We're seeing more retail calls, smaller
0: retail. I think retail. so too. I think people want to, you know, let's, I'm looking at a sport coat right here that's hanging on the back of the door, Mark. And I think people want to go feel it. They want the experience maybe of, I hate to use the word retail therapy, but they want to go, they want to go shop. They want to go, you know, look at what they're trying on. They want to try it on as opposed to, you know, you get that instant decision of, all right, well, this isn't going to work as opposed to waiting two days. Sending it back, getting a refund, rinse and repeat, and you're doing that over and over again. Yeah. Um, so I do think, you know, I think the the retailers are coming back strong. I think people are wanting that that feel of going in and and having the the personal
1: experience with the shop, so to speak. I agree with you 100. The one and I see some motion having a wife and a daughter at home. I see, I think they're able now as retailers catch up with with all this. I, I think price matching is huge. Mm-hmm. I think you you know you're standing at Shields and you want a pair of shoes. I think you, you maybe you look online to see what it's available what's available. But uh, that's it. It's that uh, instant gratification and and uh, you know maybe it's a couple bucks cheaper to to click the button, but it's going to take a couple days and and we just want it now so i think you're using i think it's all coming together as one whole
0: yep and i think also with and let's pick on shields and let's say say you're going in there and you say you know what i'm having an issue with uh my running gate or i've got like a a funky arch problem you know they're going to have Specialists there. This is this is not promoted by Shield disclaimer, but I'm picking on them because we were talking about them. But they'll have someone that'll be specializing there and help you with the choice. Otherwise, you're left to to your own volition of you know surfing the web and looking at reviews and trying to figure things out. Um, otherwise, so if you if you are needing help with things like that, that's also where
1: the the in person thing is huge. Back to Shields. This is not a plug for them, but. They are geniuses in every industry that you work. We should get them as a sponsor. We should. You know, we should do a podcast on socks and bring the sock guy in. Because if you've ever talked to anybody over there, they know exactly everything about socks to sunglasses. Mm-hmm. And they know everything about it. I mean, they got—they must have a, a, a college they go to for socks. Yeah. The Legos. There, There you go. And they'll tell you why it is and what it is and what your activity is. I'm wearing them right now. That, they they will answer every question. Prices price change uh, uh, over the years within retail. Our, our market uh, across the board for commercial real estate. We are we're a tertiary market by size, so we're we're secondary. We're a little bit smaller. We don't see the ups and downs as say Denver. No, we don't get the big swings. Denver may go up a ten percent, you know, in pricing a year, and then down eight percent. We are slow and steady. Yep. 1.7% a year, and, and we are happy with that. Yeah, it's pretty static. It is very static, and and, and with that, we don't see the ups and downs. So on, on the terms of pricing, you know, retail per square foot, Class C to Class A, you might be $12 a square foot all the way up to $25 a square foot. I don't think I've seen a change in that over all these years. I don't think
0: I have either, and I think those numbers... You know, I, I think they're they are accurate as Mark had said, but those can change too, just in terms of the deal. You know, if there's a lot of TI involved, you know those numbers can fluctuate one way or the other. Or if you say, hey, I'll take it as is, and I'll do this, this, and this, you might get a better deal because you've got more skin in the game with your own self funded tenant improvement. So every deal is different, but I think as a range, you know that's that's kind of the going rate for Class C to Class A, uh, Class A being, you know, pick on the canopy retail stuff down in the hay
1: market, and and it is expensive, you know, and and it's a supply and demand curve. It is, but the and and I'm and I'm sifting through our market report here, and I'm looking at uh, previous years uh, vacancy rates, and 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 actually this makes us look really really smart um, because our, our our theory is true the vacancy Rate has actually gone down over the years. So, say 2015 ish, our vacancy rate was seven to eight percent, whereas now our vacancy is six percent. Mm-hmm. So, so we are true to the world when we say we're seeing a lot of that activity fill up and and those smaller spaces fill. But you know, we are seeing uh, the decline in vacancy. Yeah, I think we totally are. Our are, are triple nets naturally, you know, triple nets are your your taxes, your insurance. Those naturally, those have increased over the years slowly as we've caught up on property tax increases and, and, and insurance. And in, and more than anything, you live in Lincoln, Nebraska. One of the big topics is snow. Some years we have. We have just a ton of snow, and some years we don't get any. So that affects triple net charges, and and uh, that is the biggest delta that we see on on all triple nets. So mm-hmm. those have, the, those stay, you know, in the what do you see for net net charges, Mikey?
0: I would say as a median number, I'd say around five to six bucks a square foot. You know, that's that's going to be your pro rata share of taxes, insurance, common area maintenance, you know, things of that nature. That's going to differ a little bit in terms of class building part of town all those kind of things but that's that's a good
1: median point talk to me about what your what your what your thoughts are on on the future of retail and and do you see slow and steady do you see continued transition to the brick and mortar i mean what what's your feelings retail is is a pretty easy conversation but what what's your feeling on retail in the next say five years
0: I think we're going to see, you know, continued demand for that good high exposure. And again, it's supply and demand. You know, there's everyone wants to be on the corner with the best exposure. Everyone wants the signage. You know, everybody can't get that. And there's only so much land to go around. So I think that's going to continue to be a want and desire. I don't see it it going backwards in terms of retailers wanting a, a physical presence, if you will. I do think there could be a piece to where... You know, let's and maybe they're doing this now already, but I think the ability to, you know, have a deliverable good. Say you're a and I'm gonna pick on a mom and pop type of a thing. Let's say you're a specialized candle maker and you've got this beautiful boutique, you know, having the ability to, you know, ship all that stuff out and, and you know, just to kind of diversify your your services, so to speak. I think the shipping is still going to be a big piece as it relates to how people still want to get their goods. But I do think people still really like the experience of
1: in-person, face-to-face contact with a retailer. I would, I would also add to that. I think the big boxes, I think we're, uh, I think the big boxes are still in their infancy stage of trying to figure out order, order on your phone, pick it up and, and, and their ease of, of, of transferring to that use. I think we're seeing the self checkouts. Yes. Um, I think, I think a Home Depot and their self checkouts. I think of Walmart and their self checkouts as just organized chaos, but they, they, they're, we're in their infancy stage of, of people moving to that. And I think over the next five years, we're going to see a lot of those items become standardized. And so I think as, as the small mom pop transforms their retail, I think the large boxes are are trying to, to itemize that as well. Mm-hmm. I totally agree. Perfect, Mike. Yeah, I enjoyed this conversation.
0: It's an easy conversation to have. I think everybody's interested in it. You know, I think in terms of being living in Lincoln, being local, there is the spirit of supporting local business. Um, which I think is important. You know, the mom and pop and we're all favor favor that if we can. But, you know, it's all about going back to what's the easiest thing to get. And that's, you know, Super Target, Costco,
1: all those things. So it is, it is. And sometimes it's mass quantity is in Costco when the Costco's in the conversation. So I got 3000 rolls of paper towels last night. Have you ever walked in there and just not spent last week's paycheck? I can't get in my garage. I, I don't <laughs> I don't know how I don't know how anybody does it it's uh, it's it's the it's a way of life and you just get oh, there it's
0: we'll wrap that we'll wrap this up with a fatal mistake and this is one <laughs> this is a pro tip from FMA and it's even if you don't think you need a cart at Costco get a cart because I walked through trying to think I was going to get one thing Yep. and next thing you know I've got two cases of soda water dog treats a rotisserie chicken, and I'm walking around the store,
1: and it's getting heavy. It is getting heavy, and I'm about to lose the chicken. I think back to April. I think that was April of 2020 when COVID hit, and people would go to Costco and fill their SUV with toilet paper. It was like supermarket sweep. It was like Armageddon, and we are we're providing new we're po- providing toilet paper for the entire neighborhood. Yeah, and they still have enough for the entire neighborhood, even three years later. It is.
0: Can toilet paper expire?
1: I you know what I I hope not because they have they have plenty to go around. Well on that note Mark
0: have a wonderful day and we will talk to you next time looking forward to it. Have a wonderful day. Thanks Mike. bye. Bye. Views, thoughts, and opinions expressed are the speaker's own and do not represent the views, thoughts, and opinions of NAI FMA Realty. The material and information presented here is for general information purposes only. NAI FMA Realty disclaims any liability or responsibility for any individual's use or reliance on the information presented in this podcast.